looking for God, they just don't know it, and it takes that courageous conversation for us to, uh, for, for it to really get through, and that's something that hopefully all of us think about and are convicted of, that it's important to, to, to just ask people where they're at spiritually, and encourage them that God is, Jesus is definitely for them, no matter where they're at at this point in time. Hey, go ahead and turn to First Peter. Uh, this is, uh, we're continuing this, this exciting time in the church here is in a few months, we're, Lord willing, going to appoint some other shepherds to help look over the, the church here spiritually. So First Peter has a lot to say about shepherds, and so we're going to walk through some of those scriptures today. Uh, but we're going to start not the ones that talk about shepherding necessarily, but we're going to start in chapter 2, and chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, because Peter takes some time to tell us or remind us what we are supposed to be about and look at verses 4 and 5 of 1 Peter chapter 2. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and offering spiritual, sacrifice, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Okay, so all these scriptures are going to be from 1 Peter. But you see this beautiful imagery that we've been given here is that we are God's spiritual house. And if you continue on down there, this is in verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Okay, so this is a, there's a description given to us here. Is that we're a spiritual house of God, but we're also part of God's spiritual kingdom means that we're a chosen people, people that is called out that is different than everybody around us, that we are a royal priesthood of people. We're people that is set apart to have a direct connection with God. We are a holy nation. We're God's special possession. And that's we're supposed to be, as, as Scripture says here. Uh-oh. The, the apocalypse is upon us again. Here we go. Isn't that part of the apocalypse when the clicker doesn't work? No, maybe it's something different. Okay. No, it's the catacombs. That's what it is. Going back to the catacombs. All right. So we're called to be a people of light. And you look at this description right here. There's a lot of it that should excite us. Yes, look at what God has done for us. But at the same time, I find this description right here really intimidating. Because I look at that and think, boy, chosen people, royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Man, I know that we're supposed to be a light to the world, but I find that we fall short. We don't look like it sometimes. Um, and, and how are we to be an example to the world when, when sometimes we don't look like God's example to the world? You know, I, I wrestle with that. And that's part of being in process, putting away that sinful nature and becoming what God wants us to be and, and transformed into this, uh, the people of God that, that he wants us to be. But you think about it in this way. when It's got to be intimidating for us to look at that and say, wow, being this chosen people, royal priesthood, how do we go about doing that? How can we be this people of light? Hey, how many of you are watching the Olympics already? Some of you? Okay. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Now, some of us are more into it than the others. Um, there's a, I know that 
because I used to cross-country ski race, I really get excited about the Winter Olympics, and I, I get to watch, and it's just, it's, I know that most people don't get really excited about cross-country ski racing, but I do. I enjoy that. You know, the heroes that I grew up with were Vigard Olvang, Bjorn Dali, Gundas Vaughn. You guys know who they are? No, nobody knows who they are. Some of the greatest cross-country ski racers ever, but they're phenomenal people, phenomenal racers. But, and so I get excited about this. But how many of you last night watched the, uh, the young American guy, 17 years old, that, that won the, the snowboard cross? How many of you watched? Okay, you guys should have been in bed already if you watched. No, I'm just kidding. There was, it, was, uh, it was amazing watching that. This kid is 17 years old, and he goes down, and he goes up in the air and turns over backwards and upside down and did one trick where he went around. Was it five times, I think? Something like five times while turning upside down and all that kind of stuff and landing on his feet. Okay? That's impressive to me. Um, because even when I was skiing a lot, it's something about having a 6'5 frame. There's a lot that goes wrong when you're in the air, okay? It's just that the guys that fly through the air, guys and girls that fly through the air, are not my size. And so it's, I just, I'm always impressed by that. And so if, if we had, if you were sitting there thinking, all right, now I want to train for the Olympics. I want to learn how to fly upside down. Danny, is that appealing to you, flying upside down? Not appealing to you. Who is it appealing to? Well, Evan, see, Evan's got the neck brace on here, okay? <laughs> He loves to fly upside down. That's how it works. Okay, so if everyone's going to say, man, I want to be in the Olympics, I want to do this, and he just went out and just went over a jump and decided to fly upside down, what's going to happen? He's going to end up in a neck brace. That's not what happened to him this time. But that's the type of thing, it's, it's not going to go very well. And the same is true for us, you think about it spiritually, is that if we're going to be all that God wants us to be, we have to have people teaching us and providing that example for what that looks like. If we don't have that, then it's like trying to go off the jump and go upside down with having no understanding of how to land it or how that's supposed to look. We need people to coach us, people to guide us, people to walk us through it. And so fortunately, God has provided that. Let's go ahead and, and keep going. Uh-oh. Push this space bar, Bryant. Thanks, buddy. All right, just keep going to the space bar and pull up that slide. Okay, so who is going to help us be a light? Go ahead again, Brian, hit it twice more. Good. Okay, let's go to chapter 2, verse 25, the end of this chapter. It says, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Okay, you remember we talked about a few weeks ago, the chief shepherd that God said I'm going to bring someday is Jesus. That's, Jesus is this example that helps teach us to fly upside down. He helps teach us to what it means to be a spiritual kingdom of God. And he's that example for us. But not only that, when you go to 1 Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 1, he talks about the elders. He says, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and witness of Christ's sufferings, who, are also, share, who, who also share in the glory to be revealed. Okay, so Peter shares here is me being a shepherd of God's church. I'm appealing to all of you, and this is what I want to say to you. Verse 2, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. All right, let's go to the next slide. Let me try it. We'll see it. 
Oh, look, we got it. Okay, we're up and rolling. So Peter here tells them, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. You shepherds, this is what God wants you to do. First of all is want you to watch over the people that you shepherd and be examples to them. That's where it all starts, is take care of the people and be examples for them. Um, and he gives some, some don'ts here as well. What I don't want you to do is see this as an opportunity to pursue dishonest gain, whether it be financial, whether it be, ooh, boy, I'm going to be an elder. That looks great on paper. That looks like uh, people might look at me and respect me, okay? That's, that's not what this is about. But don't lord it over others as well. Think about this. Uh, for, for sheep, um, and I, I mentioned last week that I've been around goats, but I haven't been around sheep a whole lot. But you look at these images that in the next uh, few slides coming up. I think there's a lot to them. But just imagine someone who is going to be a bad shepherd. What does that look like? Maybe the shepherd, uh, when he, he gets out there with a flock, he is more interested in something else that is happening. And so he really doesn't pay attention to what the sheep are doing. And, and they may wander off a cliff or, or there's, there's wolves on the other side that come and get him. But because he's over here doing something else and not really paying attention, he's not able to watch over the sheep. And, and he's not really a great example because whenever it comes to a place where, where there's danger and where the sheep don't want to go, he makes sure that he is in the back of the line kicking the sheep to go through first because he doesn't want to be the first one through. And, and understands that there's, and with these sheep, I just might uh, pull one out of the flock once in a while and eat it because I'm hungry, I've got something to gain from this. And I really don't care about these sheep at all, and so I'm going to use my stick to, to thump on them and just get them where they just don't bother me very much. Uh, I think a shepherd like that uh, is not going to last long, and it's going to be really hard on the sheep. But on the other side, what if a shepherd is, is one who, who looks out at those sheep and says, I, just, I really care for these sheep for a whole lot of reasons, and I want things to go well with them, just like what Christopher read, Jesus talking about himself being the good shepherd. I'm going to watch over them, and I'm going to be an example. And whenever there's dangerous times come, my job is to keep the sheep calm, going a good direction, keep them well-fed. And so when danger comes, I'm going to put myself between the sheep and that danger. So I know that the wolves usually come from this side, so I'm going to make sure that I'm going to stay over on this side. And I'm going to hire a llama to hang out as well because they're mean and nasty and they just they, they don't like wolves, whatever. And I'm going to, when we have to walk through that, that pinch point where they're always seeing, the sheep always get a little jumpy, I'm going to walk ahead of them because when they see me walk through, they're not going to be as jumpy and they're just going to follow. And it's going to be a whole lot better than me trying to force them through. And I am going to um, make sure that if pasture is better two miles over this way than it is right here, then I will move my sheep two miles over this way because that's better for them. And I understand that sheep are only going to follow me as long as they want to and decide to. And so what I'm going to do is it's not about me being in charge and, and hitting them with sticks constantly. I, I use my stick to just keep them going a good direction, gently, very gently. But I want to, to follow and those sheep uh, see what it, what it means to, to walk through life um, trusting that things are going to be okay because they see that in my example. That's the imagery that, that Peter gives here to the shepherds. And he continues on 
and he says, this is what I want you to be. And he mentions it twice here in just these couple of verses. Be willing to serve and be eager to serve. And I, I believe that he shares this a couple of times because in that time period they wrestled with the same type of thing that, that we do now is the idea of, wait a minute, I'm not sure that I want to serve as a shepherd because I have this, I have that, all, all sorts of different things and life situations that are going on. I and mean, all of us have those. You know. But, boy, there's just a lot there. There's a lot of responsibilities. And I think every one of us that, that could serve as a shepherd could find our ways to talk ourselves out of it. Absolutely. And Peter maybe is giving just a, a little gentle reminder here. Is what I want you is to be willing to serve and eager to serve. And as I mentioned before a few weeks ago, my hope is that through this process, because there's many generations that are watching this process, that at the end of this, generation, at the end of this process a few months from now, there's, there's a few people that are, uh, a few men that um, submit to allowing themselves and deciding to serve as shepherds. But also there's several more, a few years younger, that are saying, that's, I want to do that next time, and I'm going to live in such a way that I can... I can be the spiritual leader to my family and the people around that I need to because I can see the importance of God wanting me as a person to serve that way someday. What an example. Be willing and be eager to serve is what, what Peter tells them. And I'm sure Peter uh, wrestled with that on some level. I get the impression when I look at Peter's early life, when he first started following Jesus, Peter would sometimes in a matter of seconds be absolutely brilliant and courageous and flip and be the one who tuck-tailed and run. But, you know, in a matter of seconds. But when I read First Peter, and sometimes do this, read through First Peter from the beginning to the end, you don't get the impression of someone who is ready to run. You get the impression of someone who has matured, who has grown, and has understood that it's okay. Me being a shepherd and serving in God's church right now is I have learned to just keep people going a good direction. And I'm not going to bail like I once thought about and I once did. Things have changed. It's different for me now. But we're going to continue on here. We're in chapter 3, or excuse me, chapter 5, verse 5. But I want to share something, a few pictures here to think about. Um, sometimes sheep are not easy to handle. Okay, How many of you have been around sheep again? Okay, quite a bit. All right, sheep are not always easy to handle. And I got some of these pictures off the Internet, and these are fantastic because this says it better than I could share some of this, okay? This little guy is riding a sheep right here. Now, how many of you have rodeoed? Okay. Yeah, some of us, right? Not me. I, I live down the street from a roping arena, and that's as close as I got. And I've, I've wrestled animals a few times. But look at this little guy. He's riding that sheep. Do you think that sheep's going where he wants to go? No, I don't think so. That, that's... Uh, that's not going so well. How about this guy? Look at that that uh, that face that he's got there, man. He's he's excited. This is a uh, this is sheer terror with this sheep taken off here. How about that one? Yeah, that's not going so great, is it? That's uh that's not that's not panning out very well. Yep. This little guy's in there too. Um. How about this one? Yeah, fortunately, Dad, someone is there to help out, try to keep things going well. There's something about uh, age and experience and walking the Christian life that helps us understand how to, to shepherd other people. One of the things that Paul will tell 
uh, Timothy and Titus is that you don't someone who serves as a shepherd can't be a recent convert. There's just there's no shortcuts to what you have to do in order to shepherd and spiritually guide God's people. But sometimes when we're young, and I speak from experience, because it was just a couple of years ago that I was young. That's under 40, right? Isn't that considered young? And now I've, I've moved past that, not considered young anymore. All the, never mind, I'm not going to go on. So anyway, so there is a, uh, there's things that I remember being a young guy thinking, oh man, if the church would just do this, if the church would just do that, then everything would be great, then things would be wonderful, and boy, look at how wonderful things could be so quickly and, and all of that. And I've realized as I've gotten older that there's some things that I needed to learn that I didn't understand as part of that process. But look here in chapter 5, verse 5 of First Peter. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So Peter tells the, the people that he's writing to here, okay, you as elders, be eager to serve Lead honorably, all those things that we just walked through. But he says, for those of you who are younger, be humble towards one another. That's what you really need to learn right now. Be humble. okay? Because when we think of ourselves really highly, then we tend to like to tell everybody what we think. When we develop humility, we tend to start listening more. Paul said, or Peter says, be humble toward one another because God will lift you up in due time. In other words, your time is coming. Okay, but what you need to do now is be humble and listen. Your time is coming. Listen and watch and learn. And cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You notice as, as people, when, when we grow spiritually, ideally what's supposed to happen is we grow and we go along in life and we, we go deeper with God, is the anxiety level that we have goes from here to here. It doesn't mean that there's less things to worry about in life. It just means that we've learned to live more by faith. And there is no shortcut to that. There isn't. You can't just read a book and hit, hit a few check marks and all of a sudden you live by faith. There is some aspects of life and walking through life with God that teach us those things. And that's what Paul is telling the, the rest of the church here is, is you need to be people that be humble toward one another, submit to the elders among you, God's going to lift you up in, in due time and give your anxieties to God because he cares for you. Okay? Just walk by faith. It's going to be okay. I remember reading this as a young guy thinking, wow, there's something to this. There's something that um, I think maybe I just need to listen more because maybe I don't have all the answers that I think I do at this point in time. And that was one of the greatest lessons I learned as a young Christian is to watch some of the older generation because there's things there that I just need to learn. Um, look at this picture. I really enjoyed, I don't know enjoyed is the right term, I, I reflected on this picture a lot this last week. You look at this picture of this guy here. Is this is a guy, do you think he, do you think this is his first, first rodeo here? The way he carries himself? Do you think this guy has seen wolves and coyotes and predators before? He's been there. Do you think this guy knows where the best pasture is at different times of the year? 
You think he knows the which side of the, the mountain gets the sun the earliest to warm up the sheep at different times? Do you think he knows where the best water holes are and which water holes dry up at different times of the year? Now, how does this guy get to know that stuff? Because he has spent years walking with the sheep. Do you think this guy knows which sheep among him are the ones that are the, the easiest to try to encourage to go a good direction? Do you think he knows who the sheep among you that are that, that are more difficult and take some more TLC? Do you think this guy knows that? Boy, I think so. Look at his clothes. Look at the way. You can't see his expression so much from this picture. But I get the impression, I look at this guy, of someone who has walked through enough life that he is able to walk calmly ahead, knowing that somehow things are going to work out with this sheep. Do you think he has been the one who stayed up at night when, uh, when the sheep went into labor pains that they, and, and birth wasn't going very well? Um, he's been there a time or two. And see this imagery that God is giving here in First Peter. Is he uses this term shepherd several times, Jesus being the chief shepherd. Is that if you look at this picture right here and contrast it with those pictures that we saw of the, the kids that were hanging on to the sheep, sometimes backwards and just running for their lives. Sometimes in our world, and I believe in, in, in Peter's world as well, in fact, when you, you go back to, um, any of you ever run around Italy or Greece Spent any time there? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, but something I noticed about the statues all throughout Rome, Italy, is that the statues that are made are made of the, the of people that are physically perfect, cut, young, full of energy, all of that, and. I think that's our tendency to, to idolize that is that is that's our heroes. Those are the people that we look to, um, and, and we do it in our world as well. Uh, when you turn on um, you turn on the TV, the people that are the heroes oftentimes are people in top physical shape that are that are in a, a perfect specimen, if you will. But I believe what Peter lays down for us here for our heroes should be something very very different. The heroes are the people that have walked a long journey of faith before us because they know what it's like to be tempted. They know what it's like to have sin in their life that they've had to repent. They know what it's like to have walked down the road of forgiveness for somebody that has hurt them deeply. They have been there and they have done that. They know what it's like to go through a time where Boy, my spiritual life, I, because I got distracted, I, I haven't been in Scripture and I know what that does to me. And... You get the idea here? Is they have walked a long journey ahead of us. And that's what Peter is sharing here, is what type of people are going to be your heroes? Is it going to be oftentimes the, the young and energetic, although that's, that's great. Now, young and energetic is wonderful, it's fantastic. But the people that are going to, to shepherd and lead spiritually, hopefully we look as heroes of the people that have walked before us, that know the ins and outs of, of a spiritual walk with God. Boy, look at that picture again. Now look at that picture and think, that's a shepherd. But not, don't look at the shepherd here. Look at the sheep. Um, you compare the sheep to uh, the, the kids riding them. 
Now that's, I understand that's in a context where the sheep are supposed to go crazy and run. The kid's supposed to hang on and that. But um, those sheep look like they're pretty calm, don't they? They look like they're going a good direction, but everything's okay. And they're following this shepherd wherever he's going. So maybe that's something that we can pray for here in the next while. I know that when, when Everett Hufford was here talking with prospective uh, shepherds and just part of the leadership, he said that churches, all churches have problems and all churches have bumps and bruises, okay? We understand that. It's just like all marriages have problems and all of us have bumps and bruises within our relationships. But the churches that do really well have shepherds that provide, they're like shock absorbers. And they're not the ones, that, that, that they're shepherds that are there and available to walk in among people and say, look, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. We're going to find water. We're going to find pasture. There's going to be wolves at times, but we're going to deal with that. We're going to walk forward. And I hope all of us are shepherd, are, are, are thankful for the shepherds that serve now and have served here in the past or people that have shepherded us spiritually, even if they didn't carry that, that title, but the people that have walked ahead of us. And those are um, my recommendation for you this week is think about those people and tell them thank you them for the, the role that they've played in your life and helping you walk the way you have. I think we've got a, um, a lot to be thankful for. Uh, for you young people here, here's a phrase to remember, okay? One of the great phrases for spiritual development, old people rock, okay? It's all, because those are the people that have walked ahead of you that provide that, that spiritual guidance for, for what things look like in the future. Um, there is a, let's continue to pray. Let's continue to dig into Scripture, and hopefully all of us, whenever we talk about shepherding and, and providing spiritual guidance for other people, it does something to us to help us raise our game and what we want to be. Instead of being, uh, if you're very young in the faith, start now looking around for people that you can encourage, that you can be a blessing to spiritually. And if you've been in the faith quite a while and think, boy, I'm, I'm just not sure what my purpose is, look around you and find somebody that you can bless spiritually. And start today. And we do that day in, day out. What happens is God raises all of us. And as he continues to add new people to the church here, we can provide that spiritual guidance to, uh, to provide a platform for maybe generation after generation of people following God that, uh, that starts with, with us deciding, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless other people uh, any way that I can. If you'd like to become a Christian today, you're welcome to come forward. If you'd like prayers, the elders are waiting for you in the back and they would, um, are there uh, wanting to pray with you. Uh, let's stand and sing together.